Hi, I'm Doug Taylor, and this is Dr. Dave Vance, lead pastor at Crossroads Community Church. And this is the Deeper Study Podcast, where we go deeper in God's Word and we grow deeper in life application. Pastor Dave, we're talking about We Are One on this podcast episode. And we're looking at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And just give us a, a little synopsis of what we find in 1 Corinthians 1, a little background information. Yeah, you know, the, the letter to the Corinthians is a pretty interesting study because it's pretty messy. This is a church that is uh, undoubtedly probably the messiest that Paul writes to. And yet it's also the place where Paul uh, stays really the longest. Besides uh, Ephesus, this is probably the longest he stayed in any city, uh, about 18 months in the city of Corinth, uh, where he served as a tent maker there. And God did some amazing things. And what makes this book so messy is really understanding where these people came from. Um, the city of Corinth uh, was known for its sexuality and debauchery, its sin. Um, in fact, it had a temple there to the goddess Aphrodite, which is the goddess of love and sexuality. And so you can imagine the distorted, misaligned um, ideologies that came from this city, a major city of the day. And then you had people that came to Christ and they, they didn't have a Bible to read. They didn't, they didn't hear the stories. They didn't grow up in Sunday school and junior church in the children's choir. They, they didn't know all the depths of these stories. All they knew was that there was a man from a different province, a different Roman province, who claimed to be God, who died on a cross and rose again. And so you can imagine here are now new believers in a city of great uh, sin. Uh, it, it's sin city. There, I, I joke around, there's a sign outside of Corinth that says, whatever happens here stays here. Um, and it's not true, but, but it, it was like that type of city. It was Las Vegas of the day. And, and we find them becoming Christians. And so you can imagine that was a bit messy. And so Paul writes to them to, to challenge their faith, but also to encourage them that in the midst of the mess, God was still working majesty out of it. God was still building his kingdom through them, even though they were a messy church. And so we can find great comfort because church ministry can be messy. It sure can. And as we talk about church ministry um, and church staff and church body, we think about unity. Yeah. And uh, whether it's a sports team, an organization, the church, unity can be really important. We see that in, in playoff baseball right now and in all kinds of uh, classes at school, unity. Uh, tell us a little bit about unity and how it, how it played out in this chapter. Yeah, you know, Paul brings up uh, in in. In verse 4 of chapter 1, he gives a prayer, which he usually does in his letters. He starts with a general greeting, grace and peace to you. And then he moves into this, this prayer. And, and for them, he prays and he says that, that you, you, lack, you don't lack anything in your gift um, that God has given you. You, you wait to the revealing of the, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it says, so that you're not lacking any gift. You, you have everything you need to be successful. The, the, the tools are in your hands to be a successful church. And then he comes from that and he says, I appeal to you brothers, verse 10, that by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and there be no divisions among you, that you be united in the same mind. He calls them to unity. And the reason for that is because uh, unity really is a foundational piece of what the church is. It is the foundation that the church is built on is that we're understanding. And I love the word here, um, that you all agree. It actually means to say the same thing together. You know, if we were to say, just speak out loud and say something different, it would be chaotic. But when we say the same thing, the same line, um, 
for example, it's like yelling OH and everybody responds. IO. I-O. Yeah. And, and respond in unison to that. Yeah. That's the image of the word is to say the same thing together. But then he follows that up in verse 10 with that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind. Not only do we say the same things, but we also act the same. We, we, we do the same actions. And that's that idea of being united in the same mind, in the same judgment, is that we do things that are alike, that we're about the gospel. And so for them, they were facing division and he calls them the unity. Um, let, me, let me ask you, when we think of unity, um, have you ever tried to do something by yourself and it didn't work? Uh, most of the time. Okay. <laughs> me Almost too. all me the too. time when I try to do something. And I, I don't even know what my tools are for. I, I have tools <laughs> that my dad's given me, my stepdad has given me. And like, you know, somebody will ask me to go get something out of my own garage. And I'm like, well, what does that tool look like? Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely need help with doing things. And, and when someone helps me, it goes, it goes much better, right? So I remember a time I was driving back from, um, a soccer game. I think it was a regional soccer game and had a flat tire. Yeah. And I just could not get that tire off. I kind of knew what to do in my brain. I, I know how to change a tire, but I, I got all, all the lug nuts are off, but the tire itself, I couldn't get it off. So I am pulling and pulling and, and I'm a pretty strong guy, right? But I'm pulling and two friends of mine come down the road and they pull off and I'm just like, thank you, Lord, you know, <laughs> for, for, for my friends. And, um, uh, Michael Sparks, who's in heaven right now, he stopped and uh, he, he climbed under my car and just used both his feet and just started kicking on it. And that tire came off. I don't know what I would have done. I probably wouldn't have had to call a wrecker or something. <laughs> but three of us together, we put together a plan and he actually went and did it, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and, and kick, kicked it out. But when, when you know, Together, we were able to accomplish that. And, and that's the great thing about the body of Christ is we all have everything that we need, but sometimes the other people in our church, our organization, come alongside us and bring their skill set to match our skill set. Yeah. And, and yeah. away we go. How about you? Yeah, you know, same type of stories. I'm not a handy guy, probably the least handy guy. Maybe I'm a little handier than you, <laughs> which uh, was why I like to hang out with you. It makes me feel better. <laughs> but, but um, you know, here's, here's something I find because I have the same type of stories, whether it's fixing something. I, I remember uh, I was fixing some flooring in the basement and, and, and just painful. And here's what I find. When, when I'm alone trying to do something and it's not working the way I think it should, I get frustrated. And so for me, I have four sons calling any of my boys to come help me. All of a sudden, I can do the job with a bit of joy because I'm not alone. It doesn't even matter if I can do it or not, but the fact that I have somebody with me makes it more fun. And so uh, I've worked on the car kind of like you just described. And when, when one of my boys is with me, I'm fine. But when they're not with me, I am frustrated. When somebody's not with me when I'm working on something, it creates a frustration. And that's why I think Paul here in 1 Corinthians says that. He says, listen, if you're going to, if you're not going to lack in anything that God's given you, if you, the tools are in your hand, then you're better doing this together. Why? Because this journey of Christ is frustrating. It, it's, it's discouraging at times. It's difficult. Um, and when you have other people, they're there to remind you, to encourage you, to have your back in time of trouble. There's something about unity that allows the gospel to grow deeper in us and then grow out of us all the more effective. 
I, I think that's so true. And sometimes we just have to ask for help. I don't know what you're like, but I run across a lot of people that, that don't want to ask for help, right? They don't want to engage that. And really, there's people there that want to do it and want to help it. And we want to give them the blessing of being able to have that unity and being able to do that together. Um, l- let's, let's look at the, at the next thing in this chapter is just the power that God gives us to accomplish something. Yeah, he goes from talking about unity uh, to then describing this power of the gospel. Verse 17, for, for I preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of his power. And then he goes on and says, for the Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified as stumbling block to Jews and a folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you are wise according to worldly standards. Not many are powerful. Not many of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God, so that we can boast in Christ, he says. The, the point of that is, in the midst of our unity, our unity gives us power then, but that power isn't our own. And that's the beauty of the gospel is we don't have power in and of ourselves. We have inability, but our inability unleashes God's ability to do what only he can do through us. That's why none of us can claim, oh, I've got something to offer God. Uh, we have nothing to offer God. And our inability seems like a hindrance to the, the work of God, but our inability is actually a a prerequisite to the work of God because in in the work of God he now builds his infinite ability on our inability so I, I say to people all the time the words I can't are probably some of the best words in the Christian language why because when I can't I attach myself to Christ who can who is the power and wisdom of God and as a result of his spirit working in me I receive power now to be able to do the work that God is calling me to do. And what happens in unity is that God multiplies his power because now there's multiple people that can't do it, but now they're together and God's infinite ability overtakes them. So now they can obediently follow Christ in the way that they should. In the time that we have left, I want to talk a little bit about... um, how churches grow. We've talked about this common language, this unity that they have, and then the power to to come together and accomplish things. And and I know um, we talk about one church many places. We have about four campuses here at Crossroads, and we see this trend all across the country of churches having um, campuses. They're doing things the same way with the common language, the power. Talk a little bit about what's the difference between um, a campus model and like maybe just church planting. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it really does relate to what we're talking about because we're talking about unity and power. And so, and I want to take our church crossroads for an example. And we're just one of many that have, that are, that are attempting to do this. So we're a large church. We have a lot of people, um, and, and we're unified in purpose and in power. We're unified in the call of the gospel. Now, there are certainly some people, as every church has, that may not be on the same page, but but most people understand that our goal and our mission statement is to lead people to the truth that transforms lives in North Central Ohio and around the world. So our desire to be have a regional impact throughout this region for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of truth. And, uh, and so this idea of campuses is a way in this movement that's happening 
that seems to say, well, we don't like larger churches because larger churches seem to indicate less power and less unity, although I would argue the opposite. We can still build unity and power, uh, you know, obviously the power of God through campuses. And what a campus is, is it is that, that the ministry is centralized around one church, but then it's multiplied in unity and power in other locations. So it's more about locations than it is the, the church itself. And so it's not an autonomous church. It's not a church that stands on its own. It's a church that's connected with another church. And that church is one, um, just in different locations, in a smaller setting. Uh, it can have a little bit contextualization of uniqueness of ministry that fits that culture and that community. Um, but yet it's one church and it's not divided financially. It's not divided in purpose and mission. It's not divided even among staff. It's not divided in its, uh, you know, the tentacles are connected, but the life that it gives to the community is now unique. And that's the point of it is unique in the community because now it's focused on what does this specific neighborhood or community need. So for us as a church, it is a strategy for us to grow larger yet remain unified and living in the power of the Holy Spirit to multiply his gospel. And so it's a way for us to do that. But it is not a church plant in the sense that, okay, it's on its own. Go out, hope you, hope you survive. Um, here's the tools you'll need. Good luck. It is, it is connected as a body to us, and it is part of us. It is, um, it is a tentacle of who we are. And... Um, Let's think about application for a second. So for our people that are watching or, or listening, uh, what are some things they can do practically to help their church in both unity and power? Yeah, you know, I, I would say be connected in community is a huge one. I know you set me up for that being a community's <laughs> pastor, but, but it's true. To be involved in the, the, the life, the body life, uh, to be involved in, in the life of the community, uh, get, in a, get in a small group. Uh, secondly, serve. Um, God uses the, the power of your gifting to serve the body of Christ in a way that you, you could never expect. Um, God multiplies the effort of the body when they're serving together. And so I, I would encourage you to serve. I would encourage you to give. I, I don't believe there's any greater organization to give to than the local church. Uh, whatever church you belong to, when you give the local church, God multiplies financially and he allows the ministry to go forward. So whatever local church you go to, I would encourage you to give. Um, and I would also encourage you to be faithful in attending. Um, you know, for us, we now have multiple campuses. Whatever that looks like for your body, uh, get, in, get involved and be faithful. You know, I, I, we're, we're faithful to, to check the scores of our favorite team. Uh, be faithful to attend. Be there. Be present. There's something about when someone comes to church, and, and, and when I say come to church, obviously the church is people. When we gather, there's something that happens when, when we see each other, when we watch each other worship and sing and celebrate, and then we hear the word of God together. There's something that happens spiritually in us that builds unity and power to go live uh, the other six days a week. And then I would say make sure you're telling people about Christ. Uh, if you want to see unity and the power of God move, there, there, I've, I can say in my own life, I have seen God's power the most when I talk about God's power in the gospel. There's something about it. And, uh, and God demonstrates his power in those moments. And so those are five things I would encourage every person to do. Thanks. And we will be praying for you and your church that you would have unity and power in your local body.